Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Um, tonight we're going to be learning Maseches Yoma Daf Memhe, and we'll move at a quick pace. The hour is late. We're starting at the very bottom of Mem Dalad Amabez at the uh, two dots where it references the Chol Yom Hayazahava Yarok that throughout the year, every day, the gold that was used had a, it says Yarok, it actually means more of a yellowish tinge to the gold. And Amar of Chizda, Shiva Zahavim Hain, there were actually seven different kinds of gold. Zahav, regular gold, Uzahav Tov, a good, a good, a better type of gold. Uzahav Ophir, we'll describe. Uzahav Mufaz, Vizahav Shachut, Vizahav Sagur, Vizahav Arvim. All of them we will describe. So let's go through that. Zahav, Vizahav Tahor, numbers one and two. How do we know that they exist based on a puzzle? Ahu Tov, the gold in that land was good, implying that there's gold and there's good gold. Zahav Ophir, the Asime Ophir, that's gold that comes from that particular location. Zahav Mufaz, Shadom Elapaz, top of Memhe and Aleph. It's similar to Paz, Lashi, Shadom Elapaz, Mativ Kemargalit. It shines in a way like a pearl can shine. Zahav Shachut, Shanitva Kichut. Not Shachut, like from Shech, but it's kind of made out of uh, rope. What does that mean? It means that the gold is very malleable and can be designed in any way that one wants to, just by the bending with one's hand. Dav Sagur, what was that type of gold referenced by Rebchiza? It was a type of gold that was of such high quality that that when your store would open that was selling your, this particular type of gold called Zahav Sagur, all the other stores would just close. They knew you had the best product in town. Third line, Zahav Parvim. What does it mean, the gold of, of cows? That rich color of red blood. That was the type of gold that we were talking about here as well. But Ravashi pushes back on Ravchiza. Ravchiza said there were seven types of gold. He says, no, the first two, Zahav and Zahav Tov, really are just two levels within each of the remaining five of the seven. That's what he says here, Ravashi, Hamisha, and really there's only five. And within each of the five, Kolchad, Bechad, Ispe, Zahav, Uzahav Tov. There's different levels. There's two levels in each one. So really, there's five categories of gold, and within each category is two. To there's regular gold, zahav, and zahav tov. And Tanya Namihachi, a Bryce supports this. Throughout the year, the gold would have a yellowish tinge. It would have a reddish tinge. And we see that this is the uh, <clears throat> this is like the color of blood from the par, and it was that type of red. That's Gemara, the two dots, seven lines down on Memheim and Aleph. Bechol Yom Makriv, Pras Shacharis, Pras Ben Arbaim. Bechol Yom Asadaka, Vayom Daka Min Adaka. We said that throughout the year, the Ketoros was well ground up. But on Yom Kippur, it was Daka Min Hadaka. It was exceptionally well ground up. Tanu Rabban, and the rabbis taught in the Brisa. We know that the Pasuk says Daka. Matam Adomar. But why do, why do we need a, the Pasuk to already tell us Daka? Ve'alu Kvarnam, Rav Shachak, Tanimim Hadik. We already had, we already had a Tzivu in the Torah that we needed to grind it up very well. That it shouldn't just be regular grinding, it should be an exceptional grinding. Order of the way down. So normally the rule is that the Kohanim would go up on the right side of the ramp as they head up to the Mizbech Hagadol, the one that was outside the Mizbech Hachitzon. We'll speak about the Mizbech Hachitzon more today. The one that was in the main area of the Azar, not the one that was in the Hechal. The Amar Mar says the Gemara. You mean the Mizrach? The reason that throughout the year the Kohanim would go up the right side of the ramp was because they were then going to walk right around the Mizbech in that exact way. And being on the right side of the ramp as they went up, positioned them a little bit better. So that's why. But, says the Gemara, V'hayom, Baran Yom Kippur, the Kohen, when it was Olin Be'em, so the Yardin Be'em, to go up and down the very center, not right, not left, the very center of the ramp. 
says the Gemara, my time in Mishim Kod to the Kohen Gadol, Rashi here explains this because he's a Ben Vais, he can walk wherever he wants, so it's a cover to the Kohen Gadol. He doesn't have to follow the regular rules. He's, he's a special guest, as it were, and therefore he can walk even up the middle of the ramp. The Choyom, one third of the way down, the Choyom Kohen Gadol, the Kadisha, the Ragla, Minaki, or the Nedar Mishnah said throughout the year, the Kohen Gadol would wash his hands from the cure, but I knew him Kippur, he'd wash from a ketone, from a special jug, a special pitcher. Says the Gemara, my time, well, why did he do this? Mishum just like we saw why he goes up the middle of the ramp, so to hear uh, that it's a covet of the Kohen Gadol. We said in our Mishnah, there's a machlokas, how many fires there were in the base of Mekdash throughout the year, and then with each shita that we saw, there was an added one for Yom Kippur. So let's learn a little bit about that. That's going to take up about an omen. We saw different shitas in our Mishnah yesterday in regards to um, how many fires there were on the Rabban and the rabbis have taught us. And uh, they said as follows, In general, there were two. On Yom Kippur, there were three. What were they? One of them was a large fire on the Mizbeach Torah, And one of them was a small fire on the edge of the Mizbeach HaChitzon, from which we took the embers for the Torah. And here's the third one, there was a special fire that was made for Yom Kippur, Tiber Reb Yehuda. That's the Shita of Reb Yehuda. Next, Reb Yossi, Omer, we're halfway down. Reb Yossi says, no, there weren't two throughout the year, plus one for Yom Kippur. There were three throughout the year. There were four. The first two are the same. The large fire on the Mizbeach HaChitzon and the small fire on the Mizbeach HaChitzon for the Torah. Another fire that was meant to be available in case the prime, the primary fire on the Maruch HaGdola would wane. So then they'd have another fire, they'd have extra burning wood to throw in. That was the fourth one, the one that was special for Yom Kippur. That's Shita number two. Shita number three, we saw Rabbi Yehuda, we saw Rabbi Yossi. Now let's see Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir, Omer B'chol Yom Arba Bayu Chamesh. Really throughout the year, there were four fires, not three and not two. Not like Rabbi Yehuda, not like Rabbi Yossi. There really were uh, four. And on Yom Kippur, there were Chamesh. But what were the five? So, Achash Shalmar Rocha Gedolav, Achash Shalmar Rocha Torah. This is common to all the Shitas, that there was a major fire on the Mizbeach and a smaller fire on that Mizbeach for the Ketoras. And... Uh, Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Meir agree to the third one. One was one to maintain the fire. And the one that's mechudash, the one that Rabbi Meir adds, is the following. Uh, he added in that uh, for all of the parts of the korbanos that were supposed to be burnt but weren't yet consumed in the fire, there was another fire for them. And the last one was special for Yom Kippur. And then the Gemara makes the following uh, uh, two-thirds of the way down. Everyone seems to agree, as mentioned, to the first two. The big fire in the middle, and the the small one from which the embers were taken for the Torah. Everyone agrees to that, but where's the Marimokam for that? How do we know that that's true? Seemingly basic ideas, but at the end of the day, you need a Pasuk to indicate where everything comes from. So it says the Gemara's followers. Omar Kra, five lines before the wide lines. That Pasuk that says that the Ola, which is Mokdal, is And the next Pasuk, everyone agrees. Now, the Rabbi Yossi was of the opinion that there were three fires during the day. So he had added the one about uh, the continuing fire, the fire for Qums. It says, how does Rabbi Yossi know to add to the core two that everyone agrees to? How does he know to add this one? 
says the Gemara, Nafkale mi ve'ha'esh al hamizbech tu kadvoch nevav. So says the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda, where do you, where do you, what do you do with this drasha? If it's seemingly we need the kiyum, so how can you only say that there's two fires, Baruch Hashniyat Shalagdola, sorry, the Maruch Hagdola and the Maruch Hashniyat Shalagdolas. So what do you do with this drasha? Seemingly he's got a great marimakom, says the Gemara, first long line, Rabbi Yehuda, that is for something else. That's not to teach you that you need a new fire. It's to teach you how to light the fire, which is ahu, salisa hudasa, to teach you that the way we light fire is by lighting little wood chips. Uh, the Tanya, as the Brisa writes, Rabbi Yehuda says, how do we know that the wood chips can only be lit on the top of the Mizbech with someone standing on the Mizbech? Talmud Omar, as the Pasuk writes, that's he said, based on the Pasuk. So that's beautiful. And I'm Rabbi Yossi, she says, how do we know this Brisa is a beautiful Brisa? It gives us both Shitas, Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi in regards to the distinctions that we've seen in our Mishnah. And this Bryce is an excellent support to our Mishnah. So what about Rabbi Yossi? She said that there's a special fire for Kiyom Ha'esh to sustain the fire. Said the Gemara, Tamad Lomar, Ve'ha'esh al-Hamizbech to Kadbo. So he learned it from a Pasuk. The Rabbi Yossi, Ha'atzasa Salisa, we know that we learned the Rabbi Yehuda used the Pasuk uh, to teach us about Ha'atzasa Salisa, that one is obligated to light the fire from wood chips. So where does Rabbi Yossi learn that from? So he says, He learned it out from the same place that Rabbi Shimon learned it out from. What was that? For eight lines from the bottom of the page, first word on the line, the tiny river Brisa. Brisa indicates that Rabbi Shimon uh, learned about Atasa Salisa, about lighting the wood chips, and that's going to be the same Mari Malcolm as Rabbi Yossi, as where he learns it out from. What is that? The Brisa writes based on the puzzle. There we see this is not the sheet that we need. We need Rabbi Shimon, but here Rabbi Yehuda is of the opinion that one has to do that salisa, and it has to be done by a coin kosher, and it has to be done bikli shares. However, Rabbi Shimon, what what a strange drasha! You you need a pasuk to tell me that that uh, that a coin is going to be lighting the fire. Says the Gemara. We have halachos about these things. He can't get that close to the Mizbech, a, a, a non-Kohen. It's impossible. But why, why would we need a drasha, Rabbi Shimon says to Rabbi Yehuda. Why do I need a drasha to tell me that it has to be a Kohen? That's like ABCs. Of course, a Kohen has to be up there. And of course, a non-Kohen is definitely not allowed to be on the Mizbech. Ella, therefore, Rabbi Shimon pivots and says, not like Rabbi Yehuda. It has to be that you're physically standing on top of the Mizbech. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda, how would he then respond to this good argument of Rabbi Shimon that we don't need a Pasuk to tell us that it's a coin, only a coin is allowed there? Says the Gemara, in the name of Rabbi Huda, the reason why he gave his drasha, which was seemingly obvious, was because of the following Maybe, maybe, maybe a, a Yisrael, a non-Kohen, could stand far away and he could have some type of, uh, of air blower, an air machine that would put oxygen into the fire and increase, increase the flames. So therefore, because we don't allow that, therefore, Kamash Malan, we needed a drasha. So basically, Yehuda would say back to Rabbi Shimon, you thought it was so pasha? It's not so pasha. I could come up with a case that isn't so pasha, and that's why we need a pasha. The Rav Meir, according to Rav Meir, Rav Meir was our third shita. He added that one of the fires that exists is to, uh, during the regular year, was to consume the extra body parts of animals that had yet to be consumed. So, Nafkalemi ve'esh, he learns it from the word ve'esh, 
And this is from the Pasuk that says, um, what do the rabbis do with this drasha? It says the Gemara, they don't make a drasha from this particular vav. Do they never make a drasha from a vav? It depends who the rabbonon are. But uh, from the Gemara here, it says that this vav, they are, they're not Zorish. Uh, what do they do? If, they, if the rabbonon don't agree with Rav Meir that there needs to be a special fire for Ivar Mubtarim, so how do they burn them? They still need to be burned. Okay, so if it's not going to be its own special fire, but you still need to explain how they're going to be burned. It says the Gemara as follows. We're right at the last line. It says the Gemara... Um, it gets put back on the big fire on the Mizbeach HaChiton the Tanya is the Bryserite how would we know that the meat that are not consumed on the fire from the night before turning to the top of that we should put them lay them out on top of the uh, wood that's on the Mizbeach so that they can be consumed and as well the Bryser continues if there isn't enough space, that we put them on the ramp in preparation for them to be burned on the Marach Agdola on the Mizbech Achitzon, or Al Gabi Sovev, or on the rim that's right around the Mizbech area. Until there's enough space on the Mizbech to do it. So this is a great answer because we don't have a separate fire. Reb Meir has a separate fire for the Avar Mubtarim. So the Gemara says in the name of Reb Huda, we don't need that. The Bryce says just put it in the regular fire. We don't need a special fire for that. The Reb Meir? What would the mayor said? Oh no, you misunderstood. This is ikule ola hu atamachzir v'yatamachzir ikulek ikulek tores. This brayso is only talking about ikule ola, but the tores doesn't get um, get doesn't get put back. Yatamachzir ikulek tores. Tanya the brayso writes as follows: Rabbi Chananya bar Minyumi did the be Rebbe Eliezer ben Yaakov asher tochalu eishes olam elamis beach. What's the drasha here? So he says ikule ola atamachzir v'yatamachzir. And therefore, Rameir and Rabbi Huda can sustain their shitas. The Kule Alma Mihas, however, one of the common denominators we've seen in our Mishnah and the shitas of the Tanoim of our Mishnah is that Mosif and Bo, Bayom, Islahu, Minalo. How do we know that we had a different fire, a special fire for Yom Kippur? That's true by Rabbi Yossi, by Rabbi Huda, and by Rameir. Everyone seems to agree. That's the Gemara Nafkalemi V'H. That's because of two letters, the Vav and the it says the Gemara, even according to the Rabbanon, like we saw on the bottom of the previous time, who are not Dorish, the letter Vav, says the Gemara, Vav and He, Dorish. Even if you're going to say the Vav is not sufficient to make a drasha from when there's an extra Vav and an extra right too much, at that point you have to make a drasha. Says the Gemara, let's dig in a little bit more. The next Pasuk reads, Eish Tamid, Lamayasa. What does that Pasuk come to teach us? As the Gemara Mibayle Lechidatanya to teach us about the following. This teaches us that the location of the of the Torahs, of the small fire that was used to create embers for the Torahs, that it can only be placed in the Mizbech HaChitzon and not in the Mizbech HaPnim. Says the Gemara as follows. Good, you've made your point about uh, that pasuk. Let's understand a little bit more. What about the Aish? Says the Gemara. What about the? We're halfway down. Memheim and base. What about the Aish Machto Menorah Minayin? How do we know that the shovel that's going to be used for the Torahs and that the Menorah? How do we know that those also have to be used, uh, drawn from the outer Mizbeach? The fire for the Menorah has to come from the Mizbeach, and the shovel from the uh, that's going to be used for the Torahs has to come from the outer Mizbeach as well. Minayin. How do we know? Says Gemara Vidinu. We have a Kalvachomer. 
Namra Xer Shava actually, excuse me. The Dinhum. Here's the rationale. Namra Ish Pictoras and Namra Ish Pimachta Umenora. We have the word Ash in reference to the Ktoras, and we have the word Ash in reference to the shovel that's used for the Ktoras and for the menorah. And in all cases, in all three cases, it needs to be that they are drawn from or taken from the outer Mizbech. They cannot be taken from the inner Mizbech. Uh, says the Gemara, maybe this is part of the Brisa. Oh, Kalach maybe we should uh, have a Havamina that we could say the, the Kalach a different way, the Gzer a different way. We have the word Ash in both places, all right? The start of the Gzer Shava is the same. The Drush is different, last short line. Maybe we should assume that they can all come, they can all be drawn from the fire from the Mizbech that's closest to them. And the Mizbech that's closest to the menorah is the Mizbech Hazav, the one that's inside the Heichal. Therefore, that's why we have another Pasuk. And what does this Pasuk teach us? How does it teach us that it has to be on the Mizbech HaChiton? says the Gemara, it has to be at, uh, at the Rosh of the Mizbech HaChiton. So that's how the Gemara explains that um, that the Gzeira Shava is teaching us that, that the um, that the Torres and the Machta and the Menorah all have to be drawn from the Mizbech HaChiton and not from the Mizbech HaPnimi. Says the Gemara, Lamanu Eish the Menorah, Eish the Machta Minayim. Let's detail a little bit more. We learned a little bit about the Menorah. The Pasuk is speaking about the Menorah, but what about the Machta? Says the Gemara, Bidinu, it's very logical to assume the Machta as well, that the Shovel has to come from the Mizbech HaChiton because Nemra Eish the Machta and Nemra Eish the Menorah. Uh, where they just said both by the Machta and by the Menorah. We proved the Menorah a line ago. Now we're connecting Menorah to Machta. Just like the Menorah, we draw the fire from the Mizbech HaChitzon. Aftan here too, by the Machta, by the Shavu for the Ktoris, that too is on Mizbech HaChitzon. And then the Brisa again um, gives a, uh, it's teeing up a, a, an idea to, to shut it down. Oh, maybe we should say the following, that the Gzir Shavu is different. Six lines from the bottom. Maybe we could misunderstand the Gzeru Shavuot to assume that it's Besamach, that you could even take it from the Mizbech that's closer to the menorah, and that would be the Mizbech Hazav in the, in the Heichal, the, the one that's on the Pneum, and not the one that's Bachutz. says the Gemara, therefore, Talmud Omar, keyword here is Milifnei, the Meforshim explain, that it's in front of, but not fully in front of. A little hard to understand in the words, but me lifnei from in front of, and the mizbech. The Gemara understands it only part of the mizbech is in front of a kodesh baruch Hu. Which mizbech is that? Well, the mizbech that's inside the heichal is completely inside the kodesh, so it must be the mizbech achitzon. It says the Gemara is a mizbech Hashem Hashem. Which mizbech is partially opposite the opening of the heichal, but not all of it, because the opening of the heichal was only twenty, and the mizbech was wider than that. So the center part, of, depending on where the Mizbech is placed on the on the on the uh, on the north south axis, that's a machlokas too, because we saw Shita earlier in the Gemara that uh, the Mizbech was all below uh, the halfway mark. But whatever it is, there's only part of the Mizbech that's opposite the opening of the door. So which Mizbech is? It's a heavy omer. It's a Mizbech hachitzon. It has to be that way. And then lastly for tonight, the Pasuk that we're learning right now reads, and it's five lines from the bottom of the page, it says, and then it adds the words, so the Gemara says, why do we need both of those phrases? That's what the Gemara wants to know. So three lines from the bottom, we need the Torah to write both and as well, 
Why do we need both? Says the Gemara, If I would have thought I had only had the Pasuk of Mizbeach, I could have easily mis- misassumed that I was talking about the Mizbeach Hazav, the one that's inside the Heichal. Therefore, uh, so that doesn't work. It can't be that it's on the inside. Because of Rahman and Malifne Hashem, but if the Pasuk only and only had included the words Malifne Hashem and Nami Alan Mizbeach, then Havamina Dafka Malifne Hashem, only the specific part of the Mizbeach that is close, uh, closest to the Kodesh, the western side of the Bingash, which is really Malifne Hashem. And not only that, it's only part of the western side of the Mizbeach that's opposite the Hefa. Aval, top of Memvav Madalad, Aval, So let's say that uh, this screen right here is the opening of the Heichal. So the Mizbeach was bigger, right? So then the piece that's off the screen, right? The piece that's to the right of the opening of the Heichal, the piece of the Mizbeach that isn't directly opposite the opening. Let's say there were a couple of Amos on each side. That's Mehaigis, that's off the screen. It's not opposite the opening of the Heichal because again, the opening of the Heichal was 20 Amos wide, but the Mizbeach was larger. So then I would have thought, Amalo, that that's not considered to be uh, as holy a place Therefore, it's Richa, we need both. So we'll stop, stop right here and pick up tomorrow night with Daf Memzav and Memzai Aleph, wishing you all a beautiful day.